You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 426 of Locked on Raptors for Wednesday, November 28th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team focus shows for all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. We've got two Locked On Fantasy Football shows. We've got Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 and Locked On Fantasy Football Experts for you to check out. If your playoffs are getting close, it's a great resource for you. Uh, We've also got Locked On NBA with a bunch of hosts from across the NBA network doing daily shows over there. Weekly contributions from Ben Golliver and Sam Amick on the NFL side. uh, Matt Williamson hosts that show every day. He's got guests uh, like Mike Sando and Sage Rosenfels as weekly contributors there too. Lots of stuff going on in the network. So if you find a show that you like on the network, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Podfella, Podzone, wherever you get your podcasts. It's uh, very, very much appreciated and uh, it really helps us out with rankings and putting us up more and more visible so we can get more listeners. It's awesome. Uh, Also, please check out my Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors. I'm putting up premium episodes over there. Uh, I think I'm going to just start doing mailbag podcasts as premium episodes. I do them a lot on this show, and I'll probably start do I'll keep doing them once in a while, but the season's so busy, there's not much need for mailbag podcasts, really. But uh, I did a mailbag podcast today, and I kind of like doing the Patreon ones because I kind of just go deeper on a fewer questions that come from the subscribers. So if you want to have your questions answered on a Patreon mailbag, consider subscribing to the podcast, and you can get your questions in there, and then you can hear the podcast all for yourself afterwards uh, with just a $5 subscription. You get access to all of the premium episodes later this week. Uh, I'm going to be doing an episode with uh, Josh Howe, who's been on this show a whole bunch before. We're going to be breaking down Game 7 of the Raptors Net series from 2014. Uh, one of the more sort of pivotal and important and memorable games in Raptors history, so we're going to dive deep into that and all the feelings involved with it, all of the moments, all of the performances, the obviously the, the crushing defeat at the end with Paul Pierce blocking Kyle Lowry's game-winning attempt. Uh, a really great game, and we're going to talk about that with Josh Howe later on, so make sure you check that out, and then you will get all of that. Uh, that podcast plus the mailbag today plus all of the previous backdated episodes as well when you subscribe to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors so thank you in advance if you are thinking about doing that it's a, I think it's worth the investment they're fun podcasts and they're like an hour long you're getting good content I think um, so please consider that it's different from this show as well it's more history based and more fun and there's some swears involved so consider that alright on today's show talking about the Raptors win over the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis last night 122-114 watch this game of course at uh, odds bar where I recorded the live podcast that I posted earlier on today. It was a ton of fun and thanks to everyone who came out and thanks to Vivek Jacob and Kelsey O'Brien for guesting on the show. Uh, We watched the game. Kelsey, Vivek, my girlfriend, uh, Katrina Squazin, who's my co-host on Hamilton is Hoops on TSN 1150 as well. All watched the game together. It was awesome. It was a great time and the game itself ended up being a really great game. One of the best games of the season so far just from a pure entertainment perspective and from the Raptors kind of pulling one out of their asses. Uh, This was not an easy win by any means. The Grizzlies are extremely tough and their defense is really good and and committed to being annoying and the Raptors took a long time to figure it out but there were a lot of things they did really well in this game too that I'll get to in today's show we're going to talk about Nick Nurse's decision to stagger uh, Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard which I thought was kind of the decision that won the game talk about Fred Van Vliet staying in the game late and hitting those two big threes I also want to talk about Kawhi's playmaking a little bit and then there's some other news and notes Kawhi has his new shoe deal it's very funny Uh, we'll talk about the shoe deal with New Balance in a bit too So we'll get to all of that on today's show, but the thing I want to start with, the most important thing, 
Holy goddamn, Memphis's court is amazing. It's so beautiful. I love it so much. Watching that game last night on an enormous bar screen, getting to watch and look at all of the different granules in the wood of that beautiful Memphis floor. Uh, I love the sort of how they don't change the color on the baseline. They keep it the wood the entire way, just with the out-of-bounds lines in blue. Oh my god, just a gorgeous, gorgeous court. The new rebrand for the Grizzlies is very, very good. I didn't really think I had a problem with their old jerseys or, or court in the past, but this is just such an upgrade. Shouts to the Grizzlies for looking goddamn sweet on the court. And they played really well in this one, too. I mean, they started this game off. The Raptors were up 8-0 really early on. Danny Green hit a couple threes, and it looked like they were off sailing against the team that they should have beat. And then the Grizzlies really kind of brought it back and were just annoying to play against, and they were hitting shots. Marc Gasol was playing out of his goddamn tree, and you know he was 27 points on 10 of 14 shooting last night, hit four of six threes. He was outstanding and kind of was, as he has to be, Sort of the, the sort of the, the pacemaker for the Grizzlies' offense, and you know the Grizzlies have had struggles on offense this season, and I think a lot of people have made these points. A lot of smart people, a lot of people smarter than I have, have made these points. There's an autoplay ad once again that always scares me. Um, a lot of people have made this point that the Grizzlies, outside of Gasol and Conley, don't have a ton in the way of shot creation, right? I mean, Kyle Anderson is a nice little player. He's had a pretty rough season so far, dealing with injuries and just not a lot of production. He had a great night last night. Uh, six of eight shooting at 13 points, five rebounds, and was a real pain in the Raptors' ass. Uh, Garrett Temple did the Garrett Temple thing where he put up 12 points. It was kind of a nice bit of uh, supplementary offense. And then they got nice contributions from both Shelvin Mack and Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green's also had a rough year for the Grizzlies, and he's not really kind of lived up to the hype. I think maybe a couple years ago on this podcast, I was like advocating for the Raptors to give Jermichael Green a a restricted free agency offer sheet because I thought he would fit really nicely as a power forward on the Raptors. And that, you know, that hasn't really paid off. He hasn't been particularly good since he signed that deal. Kind of a bit of an albatross deal. And I think there's some, you know, element of him not really wanting to be in Memphis because of how how that contract situation went down. But he was great last night. 13.7 boards, 5-9 shooting. And when the Grizzlies get that secondary scoring outside of Gasol and Conley, they're tough to beat because their defense is just so persistent and well-organized. And J.B. Bickerstaff deserves a ton of credit for how he has that team organized on defense. But still, the Raptors ended up finding a way. And the Grizzlies went into the game, I believe, tied for the best defense in the league or number two in the league in defense. And they came out of it fifth. The Raptors scored 128.4 possession, or points per 100 possession on the Grizzlies last night and really kind of took it to them in the second half. And I guess let's get to that second half. So the Raptors... Rough second quarter, the, the bench wasn't particularly good, um, and it, it really after that 8-0 start, they weren't very good entirely as a team, and the Grizzlies just kind of kept slowly building and adding to the lead, and then midway through the third quarter, they're up like 17 points, and it almost feels over, and the Raptors starters start to kind of pull it back a little bit and reel them in. I think they got it to about 10 or maybe 7 or 8, and then you're kind of looking at the horizon and saying, uh-oh, here comes the bench very soon, and the bench is probably going to choke this away, and it's going to be too far out of reach. That's kind of what I expected to happen in that game. I really did. I did not think that was going to be a game the Raptors are going to pull out just because of where the substitution patterns were. But then comes Nick Nurse with a very good decision that I think won them the game. He ends up, instead of pulling out Kyle Lowry near the end of the third quarter, as along with Kawhi Leonard, he leaves Lowry in to finish the third quarter with the bench. And obviously we know from many years of history and precedent that Kyle with the bench kicks ass. It is awesome. And they... Uh, group back a little bit closer. I think they got within four by the end of the third quarter. I think it was 97-93, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, they got to that striking distance where 
it was like, okay, this Raptors team, they can make up a four-point deficit in a fourth quarter. That's not really a thing for this team. Um, but, like, had they been at, you know, 15, 16, 17, the way they were going, that was, you know, and, and what I thought was going to be the deficit when the bench came in to close up the third, I just thought that would be too much for them to overcome because of the Grizzlies' defense. Instead, they have a four-point deficit to overcome, and then the offense just gets crazy hot, and in a large part because... They brought Kawhi Leonard out with the with the bench to start the fourth quarter, and I thought again, staggering Ka- Kawhi and Kyle for the first time really all season. I think that won them the game, considering how the bench has played so far. Considering how the bench played in the second quarter, where they really let it get away from them, I thought it was just a really smart decision by Nick Nurse. CJ Miles played just five minutes in this game, and that obviously took a decision from Nurse being like, "Okay, Miles, yes, you've hit two of your you've hit both of your threes so far. You've hit your two of two. You have six points. You weren't like actively a negative, but." Obviously, if you replace C.J. Miles' minutes with Kawhi Leonard minutes, that's going to be a very good thing. So I thought having Kawhi or Kyle on the court for essentially the entire second half was what won this game for the Raptors. They ended up pulling it out. The fourth quarter, they shot an ungodly percentage as well from deep. The Raptors as a whole went 18 of 33 from deep, which is fucking nuts. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Pardon the French, but my God, they were insanely hot last night. And just the looks they were creating in that fourth quarter, it's not really shocking to me that they went down. There was really maybe one contested three that went up. It was Kawhi Leonard's three that put them up, I think, 119-111 late in the game uh, that was sort of contested, but he also kind of shook his defender a little bit with a crossover. Other than that, like, the play, the, the, the threes they were opening up were just so wide open and in the flow of the offense, and I'm not surprised they hit as many as they did. OG hit one in the corner after a little pump fake to try to pass uh, out of the corner, and he didn't, ended up holding onto it, put it up, and it was, it was cash. Kyle hit a couple threes. I mean, Kyle was 5 of 8 on the night. He was outstanding, 24 points, points altogether for him, 8 of 4 from the field. His shooting issues seem to be kind of behind him now. Um, but I guess the big thing that I want to talk about is Kawhi Leonard's playmaking, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that is my bookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. And the truth is, I have no idea who's going to win. Look at me. I'm a moron. I think I went below 500 when I tried to do over-unders the first year of this podcast, for, for or, or tried to pick spreads in the first year of this podcast. I'm not very good at it. But if you think you're smarter than me, and you know who's going to win, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with, and that's why I always tell people to bet with MyBookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in the business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today with MyBookie. I would only recommend a service that's been good to my listeners, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win and they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy players out there, you can even get the you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player is gonna score in a given game. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. That's incredible. It's a 100% matching guarantee up to $1,000 when you make a deposit right now with my bookie. Use the promo code locked on to activate that wonderful offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim that awesome bonus. You play, you win, and you get paid with my bookie. And thanks to my bookie for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, let's get into Kawhi Leonard's playmaking from last night, because this was the thing that I was most impressed by, most encouraged by, in terms of going forward for the Raptors. So, I think we've talked about this quite a bit on the show so far this year, is that, you know, there have been times where Kawhi's kind of commandeered the offense a little bit and tried to make it more about just him getting his shot, whether it's in the post or just, like, his kind of prolonged isos where he's trying to get an ed- edge on a guy with his dribble, and he pulls up, and a lot of the time he makes it, because he's really freaking good at basketball, and his his jump shot is so hard to contest and block that it usually works, and, you know, they've relied on it in, in crunch time situations. Obviously, 
to you know negative effect against both the Pistons and Celtics a couple weeks ago. The Pistons game obviously he kicks it out. The Celtics game he isos up Marcus Morris, doesn't even look for a switch, puts it up and misses, and they go to OT and lose. But you know, they're, 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 I've understood the justification for giving Kawhi that sort of leeway to take over the offense at times. He's new with the team. He missed all of last season, essentially, getting him back up to speed, letting him work off the rust in real time and within the process of the game. I don't mind it considering how good the Raptors are and how much sort of room they have to work with in terms of margin for error. Last night was different, though. Like, Kyle, or sorry, Kawhi Leonard did not overtake the offense in interest in the interest of his own buckets right last night he I think was his best playmaking game so far this season and I think a lot of the wide open threes the Raptors created in that fourth quarter were a direct result of Kawhi using his gravity as someone who draws so much help to help defense attention and so much in the way of just bodies in his in, in his vicinity I think he really just sort of opened up the game with his passing in this one he had five assists which I believe is tied for a season high for him this year if not it's very close and he had the two assists that kind of stand out to uh, Fred Van Vliet, who was standing on the wings for both of his threes. Uh, Kawhi, or sorry, Fred was, of course, three of three from deep in the game. And those, those two ones late in the game kind of really stand out. And Kawhi set both of those up, you know, with just like really heads up, quick passes. A couple, one of them was definitely like a no-look pass that was really nice as well. And he also set up Kyle for a three in the corner as well in the left corner. I just thought Kawhi did a really great job of playing within the flow of the offense and not getting too caught up in trying to get his own buckets. I mean, he did when he had to, but he only put up 11 shots. He had 17 points on those 11 shots with six of nine from the line as well. One of his more efficient nights in terms of shots to points put up. And he just, I really liked how he went about being a part of the offense as opposed to sort of being a separate vessel away from the offense where, you know, the, the possessions where he'd take over, it's kind of akin to like back in the day when Jonas Valanciunas would get a million post-ups. Those post-ups were never really part of what the Raptors' gra- like grander offensive plan was, uh, but they still worked and they were efficient and you live with them. Same with Kawhi, like you live with those ISO possessions where he's going to take over or post up, but I, I, I really liked last night because he was just like, in the flow. He was doing the same thing the rest of the Raptors players are trying to do, the same thing Nick Nurse is preaching, which is just freestyle it, man. Play like you're playing on the playground and just make the pass that's available. Make the smart pass. Get a more open shot than the one that was available to you last time. So I thought Kawhi did a great job of that, and he just deserves a lot of credit for that. And as the season goes on, as he gets more comfortable with his own shot, I think that's just going to become more of a, a thing we can expect from him. I know Coming into the year, if you were to say there's one thing that DeMar DeRozan was definitely better than Kawhi Leonard at, it's probably the playmaking aspect, right? DeMar deserves a ton of credit for the playmaker he has become, and he's doing a great job being the catalyst for the the Spurs this season. So you could say that Kawhi is not as good a passer, and that's probably true. Like, DeMar's a very good passer, and you don't want to give some DeMar... You want to give... And you want to give DeMar credit where it's due, but I do think Kawhi's a bit of an underrated passer because, you know, so far this year at least, he hasn't really, you know, flexed those muscles a little bit. I think early in the season he did a pretty good job of it, and he was not really being rewarded with assists. I think there were a lot of misses off of his passes, but for the most part, I think he's kind of not been the playmaker that you want to see within an offense where there's going to be equal opportunity and a bunch of guys kind of sharing the load of creating offense. And he was that last night. He was everything you want from from a player. And then, obviously, the defense was ridiculous in the fourth quarter, too. And Kawhi had a big role in that. Also, Fred Van Vliet was just so dynamite against Mike Conley. 
Mike Conley had a pretty rough game. You know, he kind of derailed their efforts a little bit late in the game, missed a bunch of shots. He was 7 of 19 from the field, and Fred Van Vliet deserves a ton of credit for that. Fred had three steals on the night, too. And just the Raptors' defense did the thing where they just, like, pull their socks up and defend their asses off and do, like, the slap-the-floor thing and are just, like, incredible for a stretch of game. And against the Grizzlies, whose offense coming into the game was bottom 10 in the league and was really not their strength, I'm not shocked that when the Raptors really sort of, you know, honed their defense, it was really hard for the Grizzlies to get shots. There was like Wayne Selden pulling up for 18-footers and threes. If you're forcing Wayne Selden, or as, as Matt Devlin said for the first half, Wayne Sheldon, into, you know, contested looks or, or just long-range looks, and he's not giving it to Marcus Gasol or Mike Conley to get those shots, you're, you're definitely winning the battle there. And I think that's a big reason why the Raptors were able to turn it around. And just, like, the the threes, obviously, made an enormous difference. And just shooting in general. They were 42 of 69 from the field. That's insane. And just a a really, really tidy, clean offensive performance from the Raptors altogether. And that fourth quarter, once again, 29-17 in the quarter. Another one of those quarters where the game's in the balance and they kind of hit one of those gears that they've rarely hit so far this year. They've hit it in a couple of crucial fourth quarters and a couple, you know, second quarters where they pull away and kind of put the game away. But they have not really hit that over the course of, you know, a half or even just a full quarter at this point. It's like five or six minute spurts. Last night was maybe the closest they've come to playing a complete full dominant quarter. And once again, goes back to Nick Nurse, I think, being able to trust in his ability to sort of, you know, Kawhi and Kyle played more minutes in this game because I think that decision was made on the fly. They both played 37 minutes. And I think if going into the game, the plan was to stagger them, they would find, they, you'd see their minutes come down a little bit. They'd kind of find a way to shave off minutes here and there with other sub patterns. But he made the decision late, like, all right, I'm going to ride these guys and I'm going to have one of them on the court at all times. And it worked out beautifully. And the Raptors ended up winning. Another guy that he kept on the court, uh, especially late in the game where I thought maybe it was time to take him out considering just the struggles he's had this season, was Fred Van Vliet. Uh, you know, he was ex- outstanding last night. Again, his defense on Mike Conley was was ridiculous. And in 22 minutes, he put up 18 points, 3 assists, 3 steals, shot 6 of 6 from the field, 3 of 3 from deep. He was awesome. And... I was proven wrong. I, at the bar watching the game, I was like, why the hell is Danny Green not in this game right now as they were trying to close it out? I thought his defense would play a little bit better than Fred's, and I just thought his shooting was a bit more reliable. He was 4 of 8 from deep himself, four of eight from deep last night himself, and I thought, hey, Danny is probably the better option here. As it turns out, Nick Nurse is much smarter than I am, and Fred Van Vliet is a lot more capable than I was giving him credit for last night, and he was outstanding. Again, defensively, hitting those two threes, a good move by Nick Nurse to keep him in there too, and we're finally starting to see Fred come around a little bit. I'd love to see a game where Fred and DeLon both play great at the same time. DeLon hit a big three last night, I think late in the third quarter. That was one of the sort of defining shots of their comeback to bring it really close, but you know, I'd like to see a game where they're both kind of doing their catalyst driving dishing shooting best in the same game that hasn't quite happened just yet but maybe we'll get there i'm sure we will at some point Uh, but you know if we're gonna get fred having a game like he had last night instead i'm totally cool with that too um we're going to wrap this thing up in just a sec talking about Kawhi leonard's new shoe deal but first i want to tell you about the locked on podcast network social media feeds on twitter and instagram really great resource for you if you want to follow on twitter at locked on nba net or locked on nfl net it's a really great feed for you to follow. If you don't want to go and follow all 60 or so hosts on the network, just follow these two feeds and you're going to get all of their tweets, basketball-related, football-related, retweeted into one feed. And it's going to be really easy. It's nice and clean. And it's great during breaking news events. It's great during games to you know to kind of keep up with the live action, get the local angle, all those perspectives into one feed off the Locked On NBA and Locked On NFL 
Twitter feed and then on Instagram. We're taking little snippets from the podcast and po- posting them there, and you can go listen to the full podcast in full. There's a little video attached to it. It's a cool little thing, too. If you don't want to hear the whole podcast, you just want the big, juicy sound bites, that's a good place to go, too. Locked on NFL Net and Locked on NBA Net on Twitter and Instagram. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Let's uh, talk about Kawhi's shoe deal. Everyone's making fun of it. Everyone's having a good time. Kawhi Leonard has signed a deal with New Balance. Sure, man. I don't know. I don't know that much about shoes. I'm the kind of person who owns like one shoe, one pair of shoes at a time. Um, I have a pair of shoes that I use for like walking around. I have a pair of basketball shoes and I have a pair of boots. That's the extent of my footwear. So I'm not the most knowledgeable person to talk about this. But uh, New Balance, uh, I know them from you know famous people like my dad mowing the lawn. I don't know exactly how a Kawhi basketball shoe is going to look like with New Balance. I'm sure it will be funny. I'm sure people will make fun of it quite a bit. I'm sure it'll be basic. I'm sure it'll be white. Hopefully there's like a... If I have like a design critique... Or not a critique. A suggestion for Kawhi and the team that's designing the shoe. Maybe some sort of like green to white gradient from the bottom up. Because they are the ultimate grass cutting shoe. And I know when my dad has had these shoes in the past. There's always this like very green sort of tinge on the bottom, but it obviously fades up like a Jacksonville Jaguars helmet into white just because of the, the amount of time he's cut the grass in them. So if, if I'm looking for a design, that's a nice little feature. Um, I hope they are sturdy. I hope they are good for his thighs. I hope, you know, if you're going for shoes that are going to be like good for chronic leg pain, I'm assuming New Balance is probably the one you want. Um, like the, it's the dad shoe. If Kawhi has dad legs, give me the dad shoe. I, I'm very, very okay with that. Um, you know, again, I don't know anything about shoes. I have again three pairs of footwear. I think I don't know. Sometimes I lose. I lose. Am I deaf? Four? I don't know. I usually like have like a dirty pair of shoes that I just slip on when I take out the garbage. I'm kind of without that pair of shoes right now, and it's been kind of a trying time because I have to like put my shoes on and tie my shoes up to go take the garbage out. Sometimes, unless I just go barefoot and play play risky. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Give me the New Balance shoes. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to look like. It's cool that a Raptor has a shoe. This is not a thing that ever happens. I know DeMar had some of the Kobe whatever knockoffs. or Not knockoffs. Just like the Kobe offshoot shoes. I have no idea what the words for shoes are. I'm not Blake Murphy or Alex Wong. I don't know shit about this. But, um, you know, the, the, the fact that the Raptor has, like, their own shoe is pretty damn cool. And I, uh, I look forward to seeing it. I won't buy it. There's no way I'll buy it. But I... Uh, Hope it's cool. I hope it has the green to, to white color gradient thing that I was talking about. And uh, we will see, I guess, when that comes out pretty soon, I would, I would assume. Other design notes or, or suggestions, please get in, get at me in the comments or the, or the on the Raptors HQ post or whatever you want. I'm very curious to see what you think the New Balance shoe should look like. I wonder if the big N is going to be on it. That's the biggest thing for me. Like, I, I guess all the Nike shoes have the big Nike logo. I guess they all kind of have the... I guess Adidas is the only one where the stripes are a little bit more subtle, I suppose. The N is kind of very pronounced and a little weird and dorky. And I wonder if they're going to have the big N on his shoes for the New Balance. Maybe they'll kind of weave it into the design a little bit. That is maybe the biggest concern for me. The biggest you know point of interest, I suppose, is how they're going to weave the N into the design. So uh, we will see. We'll have bated breath until those shoes come out. <laughs> Here's hoping he'll be wearing them for the Raptors for a long time. And I guess that's about it for today's podcast. Uh, Grizzlies game was a lot of fun. I, I think it's one of their better wins of the season so far. And, you know, it was a nice way to sort of wade into this tougher schedule on this, uh, you know, on one day on, one day off type of schedule they got coming up here. Obviously, the biggest test is Thursday with the Warriors, and I can't wait for this one. I think Steph Curry's playing, so that's fun. Uh, I know it makes the win harder for the Raptors to pick up, but it also makes the game that much more intriguing and that much more likely to have a Kyle Lowry-Steph Curry duel again, which is always rad. Um, so I'm looking forward 
forward to that one. I'll be at that game, I'm pretty sure, on Thursday night. I still haven't totally decided because I'm doing morning radio, and I have to decide whether or not I want to be dead to the world on Friday, which might not be a good idea because I have to work like the entire day at a different job. So we'll see there. But uh, I'll, I'll definitely have coverage of the game, obviously, and I uh, look forward to doing that one. And I, I this would be a good test to see exactly how the Raptors and their new sort of configuration with just one center is going to work because obviously against the Warriors in the past Valanciunas has been kind of useless in those games he's had a couple maybe nice flourishes but a lot of the time he gets played off the floor seeing how Ibaka, Siakam, Leonard, Lowry, Green works as a starting five then also this is a game where if it's close I could see Nick Nurse busting out Siakam at center again especially if Draymond Green's going to play center and the Warriors going to go with their own death lineup why not counter with your own just to see how it stacks up I don't expect it will look great against the Warriors death lineup because the Warriors death lineup features you know, four of the top 15 players in the league. But if you, you know, you can see how it works, right? And it, like, I don't think it's any surprise. You're not going to be like revealing something that you'd want to say for the finals. Like, I think anyone with a brain knows, hey, Siaka might play some center if the Raptors and Warriors play in the finals. So seeing how it works, how it stacks up, and maybe sort of where you can improve and sort of little subtleties like that, I would not hate seeing that against the Warriors. Um, I, I don't know really how to handicap this game. Steph could come back and be a little bit rusty, or he can come back and just drop you know 40 on the Raptors' heads and show everyone, hey, I'm Steph fucking Curry. I'm here again. So we'll see. But uh, looking forward to that one either way, and we'll have full coverage, uh, whether it's a live podcast from the arena after the game or a Friday morning. I'll, I'll sneak one in at some point when I have some time between jobs. It'll be a, a good time. Until then... Please make sure you're checking out the live podcast from earlier on today. The audio is a little shaky just because it's recorded in a bar, and it's very recorded in a bar audio quality, but it's a lot of fun. Myself, Vivek Jacob, Kelsey O'Brien, quarter season grades, as well as uh, some listener questions. I did a Patreon mailbag today, as I mentioned off the top, and also tomorrow I'll be doing the Patreon podcast with Josh Howe about uh, the game, the Raptors Game 7 against the Nets back in 2014, uh, a game that I hold near and dear to my heart, despite the uh, unfortunate finish to that game and the unfortunate scoreline. Still, great game and great stuff to talk about. We'll probably talk about Masai Ujiri quite a bit and uh, his words for Brooklyn and all of those good things that come with that series and that game. And that's going to do it. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's Locked on Raptors. Thanks to my bookie for sponsoring the show. Thank you to everyone who came out to the live show last night. There will be more of those. Actually, December 12th, I think is the date we kind of have circled right now for the next live podcast. The Raptors take on the Golden State Warriors on the 12th. Uh, it's a 10.30 start. It's out west. So we'll probably try to get a podcast in there before that game, probably about 9.30 or so from odds. Uh, again, 164 James Street South. Very good bar. Go check it out. I thoroughly enjoyed my time there last night, and I think everyone who came out did. So stay tuned for that. We'll have guests, all that good stuff, uh, December 12th at odds. So make sure you are keeping that clear on your schedule. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, the Patreon page. Very much appreciated if you want to subscribe there. A couple new subscribers over the last week or two, which uh, is always lovely to see. It's very, very appreciated, and I, I thank every single person for every single dollar they, they they put towards me because it allows me to spend more time doing the stuff I really enjoy, which is talking into a microphone like a windbag. This is like hour four of me just talking by myself today with between the radio show and a bunch of podcasts. So... Thank you so much for uh, for supporting me all, all the time. It means a lot, and it's cool to get to see listeners and stuff and talk to them uh, in person like I did last night at the, at the live podcast. So thank you very much, and uh, we will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors.